the search for identity, that which uh, suits best to this uh, real self that you're discovering. If you know yourself well enough, then you discover what you are best suited for, and then that is what makes you happiest, too. Self-actualization uh, means the making real of the inner self, and that means what you love, what you're interested in, what excites you, what fascinates you, and that is the cause outside yourself, which paradoxically then becomes a defining characteristic of the self. Welcome to the Maslow Pete Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. I'm your host, Brett Riffin, and our guest today is Jimmy Bryant from Atomic Child Design. Jimmy is a designer and illustrator based in Colorado. He's done a lot of work with some people I know, including Oxford Pennant from a few episodes ago. I really like Jimmy's aesthetic, so I asked him about coming on the show, and he enthusiastically said yes, which was a good sign. Jimmy's work can be found on Instagram at Atomic Child Design, on Twitter at Atomic Child, and on the web at AtomicChild.com. Jimmy, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Brett. Thanks for having me. I look forward to talking to you today. Yeah. So I've got to ask, and I'm sure you get this a lot. Tell me about the name Atomic Child. So this kind of comes from college, really. Uh, one of the first, um, when I used to draw everything by hand, you know, back in the old days, uh, I did really thick lines. And one of the first um, people I really liked was Keith Haring okay. in college. So he had those really thick lines. And then he also had a character that he used to call the Radiant Child. So I kind of got my name from that. Um, I went by my regular name, Jimmy Bryant, for many years. It's kind of a generic name, not good for search. So <laughs> at some point, I was like, well, what can I do? And I kind of came up with that name. It seemed to work out better for at least searching. Yeah. Jimmy Bryant isn't really search engine optimized. So <laughs> No, it's pretty generic. The only other one is like a, it's like a famous guitarist from the 50s or something comes up. All right. All right. So how did you get into design and illustration? What's kind of the journey to that point? Um, I think kind of like everybody, I just was drawing as a kid. Um, I grew up on a farm, so I was kind of isolated from uh, a lot of creative experiences. So I kind of had comic books and had a friend that was in the comic book. So kind of typical, got into that. Um, that was, um, I guess the Simpsons were popular then. So mm -hmm. cartoons kind of always, always like cartoons. And then, um, I was just looking for a place to go to college. I was from South Dakota. Came here to Colorado, went to college. I actually got a degree, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Illustration, so I thought I was going to go down the illustration route. And um, I kind of struggled with that and then uh, slowly switched over to more graphic design, more digital-based stuff. Uh, I kind of I broke my hand. So I broke my right hand, which was the hand I was using to do art. So oh, wow. I really um, – and then um, I still had to do art. So I started using my left hand and started using digital the form the digital format more. Hmm. So for folks that may not know the difference, how would you describe the difference between illustration and then graphic design? Um, man, I don't even know if nowadays I don't know if there's too much of a difference. I right. guess when I was I graduated college in like 2002, so it was a completely different world as far as the internet back then. Um, I was really only trying to do stuff uh, for magazines and editorial illustration because that was what I learned about in college. So I kind of thought that was the path I had to go down. So basically, I would be drawing images to sit next to an editorial illustration in a magazine or newspaper or something like that. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if there's much of a difference anymore. They all kind of blend together. Right. I agree. I agree. So is this your full-time work? Is this all you do now, or is this kind of a side hustle for something else? Uh, no, this is this is it. This is full-time. Um, I worked previously, have worked um, as a art director at a design company, and then I just recently quit and went full-time. Uh, I've been full-time before, and this is the uh, second go-around at full-time. Now, you mentioned that you grew up on a farm drawing, doing the comic book thing. Um, do you remember a specific moment or instance when you realized this is it? This is the thing I'm going to do? Um, What I do now? No. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, like in high school and stuff, I just I played sports, but, you know, I was never really good at it. Um, I don't know. I just kind of I've always been one of those people that I didn't know what else I would do. I mm-hmm. just knew it had to be something creative drawing. You know, I thought I would do comics as a kid because that's all i was kind of um that's all i had access to but yeah i didn't i'm just one of those people i've never i just had to figure out where it was gonna go i didn't know where or why or how but i just knew it had to be something creative i didn't have any other option yeah so that's what you'd say you wanted to be when you grew up yep always i think maybe in kindergarten i thought maybe a firefighter but that was probably (laughs) it <laughs> yeah, firefighter, astronaut, those are the ones that seem yep, to be common. Yep. <laughs> Doctor, lawyer, and then and then it kind of, as people get older, it seems like it kind of moves more towards the direction that they end <laughs> up. An artist so. is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're a kid, I think you just don't really realize that that's an option. You know, that someone draws these things, someone puts these things together. You know, if if you would have tried to explain to you know 14 year old Brett that was, you know, rollerblading and playing punk rock, what a creative director was it's like what that's someone's job no way you know yeah i uh i was the same way i didn't i didn't have i didn't have any idea because i was i mean i grew up in the middle of the country in south dakota so my access to art was limited and i had beside comic books i had no idea what else it even applied to mm-hmm. yeah i'm kind of the same way i grew up in the central valley of california which isn't quite south dakota but it's it's not that far off as far as uh being far from the pulse of uh you know current pop culture and um yeah it's you know limited exposure and the the fact that i turned out interested in the things i'm interested in at all you know sometimes still surprises me that how how did i end up like this i i don't know you know yeah i remember we had one computer in high school and we didn't even really use it because nobody knew how to use it not even the teacher but it's sad over there (laughs) (laughs) so what's a basic daylight for you um now uh kind of Wake up. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I like to work late, so I'm kind of a, a night owl person. Um, wake up, and then I just kind of uh, come to the computer. I try to make notes on the previous day just to see what I have to get done. Um, you know, do the initial surf, check all my links that you got to check every day because that's how, that's how it works. And then uh, I just start working on whatever project needs to get done right away. Like I said, I have a couple um, utility clients that I kind of have to check them first, make sure they're happy. And then I start going into the the freelance stuff. Your stuff that you design on your Instagram, I've I've really enjoyed since I started following you, your daily stories about the design process. What was kind of behind the decision to start making those? I think the biggest thing was, is I was, Instagram is a really powerful tool and so is social media. And I think people are realizing that a little more now, but about two years ago, maybe a little less, but it's just, I realized that I should be using it as a promotion tool instead of, you know, you know, here's my cat, even though I do show that in my stories <laughs> uh, and, you know, food, stuff like that. So I just realized that I could 
really use it as a tool to promote my work. So I just kind of came up with an idea to post something every day or try to post something new every day. Mm -hmm. And then stories happened, you know, six, eight months ago, whenever that happened. And I realized that was a really powerful tool because I'm getting more views on those than I am on posts. So it just kind of made sense. Yeah. And do you have a creative routine or ritual? You know, how do you kind of get the inspiration for your very distinctive work? I used to when I was in, when I was trying to draw more. I would sit down and sketch and everything. But at this point, I just sit down, open up Photoshop. I pretty much only work in Photoshop. Um, it's what I'm most comfortable in. And right now, I'm just kind of picking shapes mm-hmm. and then filling those shapes with some sort of uh, usually scenery, nature, mm-hmm. um, sometimes cityscapes. But for that, for those things in particular, I just I just go. I just try to sit down and do it, and not think about it too much. That's what I was going to say. It seems really interesting the way you you mentioned the shapes. It seems like that's where a lot of your work starts. Is there's a shape, and then the shape is filled with something interesting. Yeah, yeah. For the Instagram post, I really just wanted to try to do something that was simpler. Because when I was drawing, I knew there was no way that I mean, I guess I could, but there was no way that I thought I could do a nice detailed illustration every day mm-hmm. and get other things done. So something that was clean, clear and bold and that's what seems to come across on you know instagram or social media services right now i just figured that would be that would be the best thing for me to do yeah and um it's funny you mentioned the keith herring reference because now that you say that i totally see it with the thick lines and everything i i totally get that yeah yeah that was kind of the first person because i've always drawn really thick lines and that was the first person um that i ever saw that kind of had you know used bold lines so i was really attracted to that in college a lot of your work reminds me of stained glass, and you might have heard that before. And I don't know if that's conscious or not, but it's not a far stretch from that to, you know, a feeling of reverence for the outdoors. You know, that's kind of what your work seems to get through to me—a feeling of reverence that it's something special to be cherished. Is that yeah. a, is that a conscious choice? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I uh, stained glass windows. I love stained glass window art. I mean, I would love to take like a design of mine and get an actual stained glass done of it like i would think that'd be pretty awesome and as far as the reverence for nature for sure i mean i grew up in the middle of it out in the country um and then now i live in colorado i mean i live in the city but the rocky mountains are right there go up there camping and hiking yeah i mean i just i grew up around nature and uh i just feel like it betters your life when you're able to at least go out a few times a week and get connected back to that especially in what i'm doing where i'm sitting in front of a screen you know mm-hmm. 10 14 18 hours a day yeah what are you is there anything you're trying to say or do with your art with your work i guess i guess as a message not really other than that you if you if you're not the best person in the world um if you can find a style and if you're willing to push yourself and hustle and work hard or harder than other people um i think you can make it it doesn't necessarily like these days it's not all based on skill really it's based on building an audience and who sees your work mm-hmm. i guess it's kind of always been that but um it's easier access now to make that happen right and especially with work as distinctive as yours i mean i'm sure that there's a lot of people like me that pick up that reverence for nature vibe from it and are are all about that yeah for sure it's uh just doing instagram posts once or twice a day it's been really crazy especially now with stories and people really use dms more now than ever to interact with you mm-hmm. almost more than, i get most of my job requests through 
on my Instagram DM now, which is really weird. Right, always, that's how I that's how I talk to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm always like, please email me so we can just discuss it further. But that's that's really the place where a ton of my communication happens, and that's not something I could have ever guessed. You know. Yeah, I think especially with it being in the story, you know, you can't comment on the thing, but you can send them a message about the thing. I think that's how it sort of opened it up to not being this, you know, private messenger for people that know each other only. I think once that happened, it kind of became more of a, you know, socially acceptable way of reaching out to someone. Yeah, it definitely has. I remember the early days where like you wouldn't really DM somebody because it's kind of weird. But yeah, now it's just it's just like email basically. Mm-hmm. So what's been the most common reaction to your work? You know, what are some of the things that people bring up or, uh, you know, comments that people have had? <laughs> pretty, much what, pretty much what you say, you know, everybody's like calls it stained glass. And I never really knew what to call it. I've always called it kind of simple shapes. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's that's not as uh, sexy of a selling point. You don't ever want to call your artwork simple, I guess. Right. But, um, yeah, just bold. Um, yeah, people really, they call it stained glass. I don't. It, it connects with people, obviously, because uh, people are hitting me up and I've created products and, you know, I'm, those are going out every week, which is amazing. Um, so I don't, I don't know exactly what it is or, or how something like this um, does connect, but it just does. I don't, I don't know what the exact reason, you know. Yeah, and I think your work really lends itself to, you know, I know you're selling a few enamel pins and enamel pins are all the rage right now, but I think... You know, the thing that makes me buy a pin is, is it clever? You know, is there something about this that's clever? And you've got the, you know, the mystery machine looking Scooby-Doo van, but it's, you know, a sunset inside it. And you've got yeah. the Sriracha bottle, but it's Tequila Sunrise. You know, like it, it's definitely cool. And the way you've, you can put those together in a small image that makes sense and is clever. You know, I think your work really lends to that. Thank you. Yeah, I really, like, I understand the whole pop art thing, but I feel like unless you're, Molly Moss or somebody who can do that level of work. Um, I just, I just, I just have to use my own artwork and style because I just feel like I'm not as good at the pop art stuff. So I just try to use my style in shapes and kind of come up with a message that way instead of trying to rely off um, what's currently popular. Because I know <laughs> that, that that's that has a time limit, you know. Right. Like, so I'm not going to be doing any Simpsons pieces, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I got everything's either Simpsons or pizza. That seems to be the common uh, the common pin themes. Which are great, but I just figure for the long term and building an audience and trying to work my style, it's better to stick with that instead of diluting it. It's the Millennium like, Falcon, but it's pizza, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which those exactly. are clever, too. So if you're listening, Millennium Falcon, pizza creator, uh, <laughs> you know, that's clever, too. I yeah, got to, those, I got, those aren't bad. <laughs> I got to pins kind of late, and then uh, not long after starting to get into pins, I uh, we had another daughter. So turns out you can't really wear a pin on your lapel because that's right where your baby goes when you're holding them. <laughs> you don't want to scratch their face up, so uh, I had to take a break on pins for a while. But it's so easy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so easy. Like, oh, it's clever, and it's eleven dollars, and you'll mail it to me. Okay, I'm in. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's so that easy. Was the first, that was the first product I. Uh... I believe that was one of the first things I ever made was a pen. And that was about a year and a half ago. Hmm. And uh, I was just like, okay, <laughs> this is something. And they still sell pretty well, but not like that. But uh, yeah, it was it's such an interesting thing. I, I never thought I'd be in film, but now I'm kind of obsessed. With it. <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. 
So when you're sitting down to design something that's specific, like you're, you know, you've got the ma- a few maps of the states that are, you know, fairly topographically accurate, but also your own spin on it. How do you go from, I want this to be fairly accurate, but I also want it to show my aesthetic. How do you kind of make that happen and find that balance? I think right now I've kind of only done states that I've lived in or visited a couple times because I have some sort of reference. Um, so it makes it a little easier to kind of be a little more accurate, especially with my um, Colorado one. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that my style would be more interesting in that kind of, you know, have a little bit of realism or not realism, but have a little bit of, I guess, realism as far as things, places, mountains, mm-hmm. uh, natural landmarks, but still keep in my style so that if it's not a hundred percent, I'm not going to get picked apart, you know, cause I, I don't want something that's a hundred percent accurate because I know that if I'm going to do other States, that I've never been to or not lived in. I mean, there's only so much research I can do online. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably be a little inaccurate. So this way it kind of tends to, you know, be based more off style than exact accuracy of a landmark. Yeah. Awesome. So what kinds of things have you been working on lately? Um, I, right now, uh, a lot of people have been hitting me up for logos or icons in my style. Um, I've been doing some, uh, band merch, poster work, uh, t-shirt designs. I'm really focused on um, just creating my own products right now and getting those into stores and just figuring out ways to reach a wider audience. I'm going to start doing a couple booth, uh, I guess, what do you call them, events uh, this year. So going to try that. I'm really trying to, I mean, I love client work, but I really am trying to move towards myself being my client you know like i just want i want it to be 60 percent me 40 percent yeah client. yeah building the atomic child brand yeah awesome what's been the biggest triumph for you so far um i think the biggest triumph really is the starting my own products because it was something i never uh really thought about and it's kind of one of those things where you're like well people are hiring me to do my work so Maybe I can take that step out and put my own work out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, that's kind of, uh, I think that's my biggest triumph is just thinking of an idea in your head, making it, putting it on your store, posting it a couple places, and then people order it. Like, mm-hmm. it's so direct. There's no middleman. It's not based on anything, but, you know, either they follow you or they just think that image is cool and buy it right away. Like, I think that's so pure and mm-hmm. uh I just think that's the best thing as an artist. Like you're able to have your own thought, create your own thing, and then it goes out. There's no, there's no intermediary for that. Yeah, and that validation of someone else thought that also thought this was cool enough to pay money and wear it, or you know, put it on something. Sure, and it's a gamble. I mean, I've made things that didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> well, which leads to my next question: How about any uh, disappointments or failures, and you know, any, so, anything you learn from that? Um, products. Hmm, products are hard. Um, the coolest thing I ever made that nobody's bought, but people love, there are the custom, uh, Denver mini helmets. Okay. Um, they're awesome. Um, I grew up playing football, you know, Denver Broncos were the team. So I kind of always loved that. Uh, I guess that was, I love it. I think it's awesome, but the, I just think the price point on those just cause I only ordered a few cause I knew they cost a lot. Yeah. 
Um, that's something I'm in love with, but you know, <laughs> nothing happened with us. Yeah, I I have to admit, scrolling through your website, I was like, what is this little helmet? Where did this come from? <laughs> you know, we've got keychains and enamel pins and patches, and then all of a sudden there's a tiny football helmet. <laughs> yeah, I just I just didn't know you could make your own. So one day I saw that and I was like, I'm doing. It. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So kind of in that vein of making your own products, building your own brand, you know, going forward, how do you define success for yourself? Um, A, to pay all my bills. That's the first success. Of course. <laughs> Which is happening. But um, uh, success for me is really, I really have it planned out as creating my own products and making that more and more of my business. And hopefully eventually I'm just working on my brand i'm doing more booth events booth events going out and meeting people uh, you know in real life getting out from behind my desk um that's success to me just being able to make your own things without a middle person and connecting directly with um customers or your followers or, or fans like i don't know if people that's kind of weird to say but. you can say fans i mean i was a fan <laughs> that's how this started so but uh i mean that's success to me it's now that I'm older, like it would be cool to do a Nike or something like that. Like that's always a nice feather in the hat, but I don't, uh, just, that's not as big a deal these days. Hmm. What do you think it's going to take to get there from here? Uh, it's going to be just getting a little bit out of, out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm doing okay with online sales, but I really need to push the booth events and meeting people in real life and you know, actual networking in that area. And then just, calling more stores like i've started to reach out to more stores for wholesale and mm -hmm. uh, wholesale orders i just think that's that's gonna be the biggest thing for that to happen because it, it sells now without any of that so it's just growing that and expanding that and uh putting myself out there more for that instead of just design are you talking like the urban outfitters kind of route or what kind of stores are you yeah, looking into right now i'm doing just kind of the smaller like um in, in denver there's just a ton of mm -hmm of those kind of small stores where they sell all kinds of, you know, it's, whether it's clothing or trinkets or mm -hmm. and Colorado's a really, it's got that really simple C logo. So people are all about yeah. that. And if you can do something clever with that, that's not just that on something that sells really well. Cause it's pretty saturated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've got the bear out here in California. The bear totally blew up a couple years ago and now it's everywhere. Yep. Yep. When you see this brand in your head fully formed, you know, on the on the website right now, you're selling posters, you're selling patches, you're selling pins, you've got a hat, you know, I imagine you're getting into apparel at some point. Um, you were designing a coffee mug the other day that looked really rad. Um, in your head, what kinds of things do you see the brand being? Is it all those things? Is there anything in particular you'd really like to push? Huh, um, I don't know, because I've tried just apparel before when mm -hmm. i was younger um and that's a really hard thing to get into um and make it successful it's easy it's easy to start and mm -hmm. it's easy to get into, into um like physically just buy the stuff go get it printed that's simple to do these days start an online store but that was always that was hard i know i had a hard time with that so i did i have done one t-shirt but i don't know i don't think that would be the focus i really kind of like the lifestyle stuff i think prints have a little more I want to get more into that because I feel like they're a little more special. They get put on the wall. Right. Uh, and t-shirts, you know, they get, um, they just get thrown in the closet. So they're, you know, they wear out, they get washed. Right. You know, I know a handful of graphic designers and some of them see themselves as artists and some of them don't. Some of them see themselves more as conduits for the client's creative vision or whatever. And when you mention a print, you know, there's something, like you said, it's, it's a little more special. There's something about having it on your wall, light art, 
you know, do you, is there a thing in the design world where, you know, this other work I do is the work, but this is the art, you know, do you kind of differentiate the work in that way? And is that why the print is more special? I think it kind of just depends on the project, but there's definitely stuff that is just work. Like I know a lot of people like to talk, you know, on about being an artist and stuff, but once you start kind of working for yourself or working with clients, you really start to realize that it is work. You know, there's, there's times where you get to do fun stuff and there's times where you have to do stuff that pays your bills. So Mm -hmm. I can, I can differentiate those two things and they both, they both serve purposes. And sometimes they um, end up on the same project. And a lot of times they don't. Mm -hmm. The, the States that you've got that we were talking about earlier and, you know, the USA, the California, the Colorado, those are, those are really rad. And those definitely lend themselves to like an art, feel you know like that's i was looking at them earlier to see what the biggest one was because i wanted to buy the biggest one and hang it on my wall you know so awesome i think that definitely uh that definitely leans itself to that kind of uh kind of medium yeah and i just think like um you know just to kind of i guess talk about the money side as far as prints those have the biggest profit margins of anything that i sell so it just makes makes more sense that way as well yeah I mean, it's a vector graphic, you know, you've designed it, it's ready to go. And then, you know, making a bigger and printing it, that's just more profit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So if this hadn't worked out, if you, you, you said this is your second time going out on your own, if this wasn't working out, what do you think you'd be doing? Well, probably what I was doing before I went and started working for myself the first time. Uh, I actually worked at a job for 13 years uh, straight, started in college, wow. uh, worked afterwards. Um, I would probably still be there scary to say <laughs> um so i i worked in construction rental equipment uh so the reason i finally stopped uh working the regular job was i had moved to san francisco it was right when the economy crashed oh um, man being any part of construction i got to see what it was like to work for a billion dollar company see people fired let go uh, fortunately i got to keep my job but i saw people work there 30 years and they were gone so i was like what am i doing with my life why am I still here? Hmm. And uh, I quit and we moved back to Colorado and I just started doing freelance then. Wow. And that definitely fits in the theme of the podcast. The, you know, we're trying to inspire people, you know, whatever it is that you really want to do, whether, whether your day job is not that, or, you know, you're, you've got these dreams that, that you're doing as a side hustle. There's something you'd really like to get into. You know, you can do that. You know, you can bet on yourself. You can have these interests and you can find a way to make them, you know, either, something that you do on the side just for yourself or something you do professionally. That That's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the first time I did it, you know, it was super scary. I had set up some business. I hadn't really saved up money. I was a little younger. So I was like, wow, I'll just do it. Um, it definitely helps to be more prepared, but uh, I mean, depending on what you want to do, of course, and what your responsibilities are. But if you're a, a single person and you don't have a lot of debt, there's nothing stopping you really right. I mean, just do it. That's, that's all I can really say. It's such a simple answer, but once you start it and, um, as long as you're trying hard and not just sitting there waiting for something to happen, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to happen. You know, if you're giving 110%, it's going to happen. Yeah. All right. So we're kind of in the home stretch here. Uh, there's a few more questions I kind of like to ask everyone and kind of get their take on. So you mentioned the outdoors. Uh, what do you like to do for fun outside of, you know, graphic design and putting projects together? Honestly, and I've given this answer before, if um, if I was single, I would probably just do this and nothing else and never leave wow. behind this computer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But uh, um, to clear my head, I love to go hiking. 
I want to go camping. Those are things I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. and then the standards, see movies, stuff like that. But yeah. really just get out in nature and clear my mind. I just feel like I'm focused on a screen mm-hmm. 90% of my life these days. So it's just nice to kind of erase all that out of my head. Just clear, clear my mind, really. Mm-hmm. Anything you're excited about right now? Any movies you just saw, books you're reading, shows you're watching, anything you want people to know about? Um, as far as I've just, I usually just play, um, some Netflix in the background. Uh, probably everybody does that, but those Dave Chappelle's were awesome. Those yeah. Were funny. Um, as far as movies, what have I seen lately? Um, I guess Logan was good. I'm oh excited. man. I'm we were on vac- to... Yeah. We were on vacation last week and we just saw Logan. It was amazing. Yeah. It was great to kind of finally get the the Wolverine movie everybody probably wanted. Right, and that's what I've tried to explain to people. Like Wolverine was my favorite character in the comic books growing up. You know, not and not because he had claws and all that, but just the backstory and when I was reading comic books, like it was still really convoluted. And oh yeah. There was so oh, much yeah. mystery that it was just cool and you know, I was trying to explain this to people. Like in the movies, in the cartoon, in the comic books, like you've never really seen what those claws could do to a human, you know. Yeah. And to see it <laughs> like that over and over it was striking in its violence like and i didn't know it was gonna be that violent like it was i knew it was a world weary old man logan you know tate and with a character driven story like i got all that smaller you know we're not saving the world we're saving this girl but it was striking that's the only way i can describe it oh yeah especially since that's always been off you know off camera for right. every film we've seen and then you're like oh okay yeah and people <laughs> don't yeah. get it like in the comic books like they're fighting a lot of times they're fighting like robot henchmen or whatever you know they're not slicing people up yeah for sure yeah that was, that was like, one of the first comics i ever had was a x-men jim lee comic like i just i looked at that thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. anything else any uh books any music anything uh music i kind of I'm 38, so I'm still listening <laughs> to stuff from the 90s. There you go. I'm always always playing the Pearl Jam. Uh, White Stripes, love them. I'm not, as far as another movie, I'm excited for The Last Jedi. I don't know if you're oh, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On that. I've heard I heard they were making a new Star Wars. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was on a side blog they were talking about. Yeah, I, uh, I've uh, I've made that joke with everybody. Like, did you hear there's a new Star Wars coming out? Like, hey, have you heard anything about that? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I really liked uh, Road One, which, uh, spoiler alert, with the uh, the scene at the end, you know, like, just deconstructing, you know, 20 years of Darth Vader's salt and pepper shakers at Target, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. He's not this totally, you know, totally redemptive figure. He's still this ultimate bad A, you know. <laughs> yeah, he got, the, he got the Wolverine treatment. He finally oh my got God. to show, show what he was about. <laughs> with all that we've talked about, what inspires you to keep going? How do you keep yourself motivated? I really just like the challenge of it. Um, and really, I just, I, I don't have any other plan. So this is it. And I just need to see how far I can push this and where it'll take me. And that's my favorite thing about um, designing or illustrating. Uh, once you do it is that uh, you don't know where it's going to go. Like you can, you can kind of plan it out, I guess, but not really. Cause you never know who's going to contact you, what jobs you're going to work on, where mm-hmm. you're going to end up. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Like, it's, no matter what you're doing, no matter how much work you're putting in, you never know who's going to hit you up in your, you know, in your inbox. And that's exciting. Yeah. If you could go back to the start of the journey, anything you tell yourself? 
I think the biggest thing, um, I don't know if I would say anything different in high school because I just, I kind of, I didn't have a lot of um, experience with art, but I had a good art teacher in high school and it kind of led me to college. I think the biggest thing to me was the, at the end of college and after college part, I kind of feel, because I went to an art college, so, um, you know, they kind of, you do your portfolio, they send you on your way, and they don't really prepare you for what the actual life is like afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if there was if there was anything I could go back and do it would be to tell myself to just start working as hard as you can right away, get um, get better connections, um, be more involved, and uh, really just realize that the art school kind of life is way different than the real world application of what design is. You know, mm. they they fill your head with a lot of things, and then after that, it's a uh, it's not exactly what they told you, <laughs> especially for me, because I, I did illustration. So that was like and like I was 2002. So the Internet really wasn't around. You were still having to you know, send letters and postcards out to get jobs. So it was like it was just a whole different world. I think it's like that with anything. College, you know, they tell you how it was or it should be, but they don't necessarily tell you how it's going to be. You know, that's definitely yeah. something I learned. I was a business major and I I kind of had the same experience. You know, I came out expecting a certain thing, expecting and I, w- I was a, you know, management, you know, organizational psychology kind of minor and thinking all organizations worked a certain way and they don't. You know, some of them are dysfunctional. Some of them have complicated family dynamics if it's a smaller business, you know, and it's uh, it's never quite like you expect it to be. And kind of figuring out how to navigate that, it, it can be tricky, especially for a young person that's, you know, not you know, impressionable, but also have an idea of what it's going to be. You know, those are, there's definitely two kind of competing things going on there. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad I at least got to, I guess, graduate then because I feel like now design is more accessible to anyone. Like, you know, most, I would say anybody who's under the age of, I don't even know, 25, 26 knows probably Photoshop at least, Mm -hmm. or has some kind of program that can do the same thing. I just feel like, design is kind of that level of design the entry level is so much different than it was when i graduated like when people knew photoshop and illustrator back then you're like whoa you're like a wizard but now it's i feel like it's almost kind of standard you know mm-hmm. so just uh the barrier to breaking through to not just a regular job or a creative job i think is a lot harder because it's just the, so oversaturated saturated like yeah. yeah yeah any last words of advice? Life art, creativity? Um, just as far as anybody um, who wants to work for themselves, uh, have multiple lines of income, um, never rely on one thing. And even if you if you are relying on that one thing, it's not going to last forever, no matter, <laughs> no matter if you think it is, because yeah. that's just how it works. But give it your all. I strongly advise to step up your social media game. Um, I can tell you that's a lot of the reason why I was able to start working for myself again was because of social media and the contacts I've made through that. So mm-hmm. uh, don't be afraid of that. It's weird to talk on camera to yourself, but, you know, do it. Um, putting your artwork out there is the only way anybody's ever going to see you are. Um, you know, you can be a great artist, but if nobody sees your artwork, then it's it's all kind of for nothing, I guess. That's great advice. Well, Jimmy, this is really awesome. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I love your work. I think it's really interesting. I I definitely pick up the themes that you're 
putting down. And uh, I think it really resonates with people, especially, like you said, we spend so much of our lives trapped, not trapped, but in front of a screen, you know, for work, social media. I mean, now it's everything. It used to be just computer work, and now I was home doing whatever. And like, now I'm on one screen at work, I'm on another screen in my free time. And definitely that outdoors, you know, going outside and it being something special, that definitely comes through. And I, I think that's why your work resonates with people so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, get outside at least once a week. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> it might be good for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jimmy's work can be found on Instagram at Atomic Child Design, where you can check out his Instagram stories of his behind the scenes in the process of each piece. Uh, they're really interesting. I think you guys will like that there. Also, he's on the web at AtomicChild.com, where he sells posters, hats, keychains, pins, patches, all kinds of stuff. This has been the Maslow Pete Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. Our producer is Jesse Edmond. If you like what you heard today, you can find all of our episodes on the web at themaslowpeak.com, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud to have new episodes automatically pushed to you. If you can rate and review the show, that helps us a lot. You can also check out our Instagram at themaslowpeak for behind-the-scenes details. Like us on Facebook at themaslowpeak and reach us on Twitter as well. Thanks for listening, and you'll be hearing from us next week.